Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Welcome to season three, episode four of the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. And welcome to your co-host, Stephen Watt. Stephen, I must say, you're looking very well. Although for a wee moment there, I thought I was seeing double. Right, you've got 32 seconds. See what I did there? To talk about St. Johnson. Go. 32 seconds to talk about the most sensational Saturday of my life and the most sensational season in a club's history. So that's enough. That's enough. No, Saturday was uh, an amazing day out at Hamden Park for me watching my wee team, St. Johnston, complete a really, really unlikely cup double and make themselves their mortals. And they want to thank me because I did my 20 mile run in the morning, which, as you know, is part of the contract. I do my 20 mile run in the morning. Saints win cups in the afternoon. Brilliant. Sorted. And you know, I'd like to finish that 32 seconds, if it was that, by saying, I didn't think you can call yourself a wee team any longer. Wee teams didn't win cup doubles. So. I know, but we quite like the wee team tag, don't we? Because that makes us feel the underdog. Anyway, that's 32 seconds. It's time up. We're back yep. to talk about running again. Thank well you for done. That well done. Indulgence, John. <laughs> if you've listened to any previous episodes of Young Hearts Run Free, you will have heard us at some point mention the West Highland Way race. It's a trail that's very dear to us both, isn't it, Stephen? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, we've got some awesome memories ourselves from the West Highland Way trail, be it the Highland Fling, Devil of the Highlands, that both John and I have completed, or the full thing that John's completed and I've supported him on. And I think it's pretty safe to say that we've got plans for more memories in the future, ain't we? Oh, 100%. Now, last year and this year, the West Highland Way race is going virtual. And we're delighted to be joined this week by 12 well-kent faces for the West Highland Way race. We've got Ian Beatty, race director, and Lorna McMullen, runner and volunteer extraordinaire. And there's no much that Ian and Lorna don't know about the West Highland Way race. So we're going to spend the next wee while finding out all about this year's virtual event and more importantly how you can get involved and definitely keep listening because there's some amazing exclusives to be revealed so let's get to it good evening ian and good evening lorna good evening to you both nice to be here hi hi john hi Stephen. nice to be here great to have you along guys so it's awesome to have you here and to speak about this year's virtual West Highland Way race. Stephen and I, as we said in the intro, we've both been on the West Highland Way a couple of times, so we're keen to hear about the differences between organising the West Highland Way race for real and in, in person, and also about the virtual event and how that all works as well. But what we'd like to know, first of all, What's your involvement? What does the West Highland Way race mean to you? Ian, do you want to go first as race director? Yes, I'll kick off if, if I can. Thanks so much. The, I, I've been race director since, really since since Dario passed away in 2009, who had done it for 10 years. And first year there were a group of us got, got together and then I, I we, we put a bit more structure around that. So it's been quite a long time I've been doing that. Before it, I'd run it, finished it eight times myself I've been involved since 1998 
and uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just an incredible event. We, we were absolutely gutted, really, to be not to be able to put a real race on this year. I think last year when we had to cancel the race. And then we decided to do a virtual thing. I think all of us thought that was for one year. Next year, we'd be back to it. But as we came through Christmas and things got worse with the whole COVID situation, we we, we kept deferring a decision. But we knew really by the end of March, we would have to decide what way we went. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't getting better. And what was very difficult for us was we couldn't confirm anything. We couldn't book our accommodation we need. We looked unlikely we'd be able to have a prize giving. We'd have had to do a start in, in bubbles, staggered start. And yeah. we came to the conclusion we could probably have done a race, but it wouldn't have been a race that was worthy of the West Highland Way race. And mm. I think that's, I'm looking at other races around and I don't knock them at all. I mean, I wish we could have put a race on, but I think that everybody gathering at the beginning the half hour before, I mean, it's one of the best moments of the year for me, the way that you can just sense the atmosphere, the nerves, everybody about to go. Mm-hmm. And the prize giving's the same. So we take them away and I think the quality of our race changes. So we decided we would pretty much go with what we'd done last year. We got a lot of good feedback from the virtual race last year and we yeah. decided we would try and, try and do that again. Well, it was the virtual event last year that really launched our podcast. So thank you for that because that's... <laughs> That's basically was our topic for our first four episodes, us, John and I, running the virtual West Island Way. So we've got a big thank you to, to, to say you there. But not even what you say is it's completely understandable and almost putting on a, well, maybe feel like a half event. You know, it's, it, you're just, and, and to be getting everything that you want to get out of that iconic race, you want to be no taking any half measures. Hey, I get that entirely. Yeah, and we, we'd already decided, we had a meeting, I think, around mid-February, and we'd already decided that there was no way by June we were going to be able to have our overseas entrance. We, we didn't make a big deal of this, but I I emailed them all and, and said, look, we just can't have them. We're about 30 overseas entrants. And they greatly enhanced the race. Having people from Australia, from the USA, from South America, from mm-hmm. Europe, from it's it just adds to the whole quality. So we'd already yeah. said it's not going to be the same event. And uh yeah, it just it just got to the stage where we didn't feel we could even put on an I, I think an event's the word. We could have put on a race, but it, it wouldn't necessarily have been the event that we would have liked to see. I'm glad you two were talking about there because as soon as Ian mentioned the start, I was getting emotional, feel myself <laughs> welling up because it is such a special moment in time, whether it be your year, you've only done it once or you're there as a spectator. Maybe the, I tell you, it's up there as one of the best moments of my life. I absolutely love the start. I love the finish, but the start is absolutely brilliant. Really, really good. Lorna. What does the West Highland Way race mean to yourself? Uh, wow, um, quite a lot. I, I had the pleasure in 2012 of supporting John Duncan, Johnny Fling, on his West Highland Way race, and that was kind of my introduction to the race. I hadn't really heard about it, and probably two years before that, I hadn't heard about the race, and I was kind of thrown into ultras, partly because of John Duncan. Um, so I supported him in 2012, which was an absolute pleasure. And then for me, I thought that 
when you'd done the fling, which I did in 2012, I thought you do the fling one year, you do the West Highland Way the next year. It's just a natural progression. So my first experience of the West Highland Way running, it was 2013. And um, I think people get bored of me saying this, but I still say that it was the best day of my life. Um, I was lucky and I had a great race and I, I think I smiled from, from the start right through to the end. Um, I think I was really lucky not to have any low points. Well, that's what I remember. Um, <laughs> wasn't real. I'm sure it was slightly different on the day, but that's kind of my memory. And yeah, um, I remember I was I was thinking about this before, before the podcast. I remember coming round down Connick Hill and into Balmahan singing a wee song to myself and it just went happy, 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 happy. And Karen Donahue and George Reeds from the D33 in the in the Catherine, they came around the corner saying, We can hear you from miles just singing this wee song. And I think, I don't know, it's maybe a wee bit kind of romantic to say it, but that's kind of my how I feel about the West Highland Way. It's just such a, a lovely inclusive race and that's how it felt for my first race uh, the first race supporting John Duncan right through to, to to where I am now which is kind of the other side of it in marshalling so yeah brilliant and I totally get that thank, thank you for singing by the way I think we've got a new soundtrack yeah <laughs> I practiced before we came online <laughs> no episode what's this episode this will be four yeah Four. So this is our 44th episode mm-hmm. in total. That's the first time somebody sang. So a first. 44. No. 44. Normally it's my geography that goes out of sync, but tonight is my arithmetic. So there we are. Oh, yeah. Mere messages on social here. media. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. And Lorna, you're saying there that 2013 you ran it for the first time but you did it in 19 hours and 46 minutes that's a, a phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and you're seeing there about West Highland various and maybe you, you hadn't really heard about it until 2012 what was it like and this is maybe a question for both of you because I know that the entries now you generally you're sitting on a laptop at nine o'clock on a Sunday night, hitting F5, F5, try to refresh your screen to get logged in. Was it the same? What was it like in 2013, trying to enter the race? Maybe Ian's better at answering this question. I don't. I think there was still a ballot in 2013, but I don't think there was the same rush or the same kind of kind of like nail biting wait to find out whether you were definitely going to get a place. Is that right, Ian? I think so. I'm trying to remember when it changed to a ballot. I think it was maybe around about not too long after. I, I took over it. I mean, in my experience, my first race was 1998, and what you did then there was there were there were no there was no internet and there was no Facebook group or nothing like that. What you did was the the, the race organizer was a chap called Jim Stewart, who came from East Kilbride. But Jim Jim just if you wanted to enter, he said gave you a phone number, said, does this chap Dario have a word with him? So you phoned Dario, <laughs> and anybody who remembers Dario would know. You didn't have a short call with Dario. A call with Dario was an evening. And Dario <laughs> would talk to you about the race and his love of it came through. And then a few days later, you got a phone call back from Jim Stewart saying, yeah, I'll send you out an entry form. So you'd, you hadn't realised you were doing a, a Dario test, but clearly you were to see if you knew enough <laughs> about how it went on. And that was just the way it was. It was that you sort of get informally vetted to see 
had an idea. I have to say, it's probably from my perspective so much easier now because we touch wood, we know we're going to fill the race. You can budget on that basis. You're not worrying about getting money in, which you, uh-huh. you, before you have to pay things. It's just a different event. It makes it a lot easier that respect. Mm-hmm. I must say, from for somebody who's been on the other side of that ballot and biting my fingernails, mm. it's, oh man, it's like the longest period of your life waiting to hear. And I can still remember exactly where I was when I heard I was I was at Easter Road watching the game of football. And a text <laughs> a text came through to say, congratulations, that was my Saturday finished. I don't, I don't know what else happened. I didn't care what else happened. But... Oh. George, I think, yeah. Some people remember where they are when GFK was shot. <laughs> you remember where they are when you got your West Highland Way rating. This is more well. momentous for me. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. No, but I think it, it is a really exciting thing, and I think it's testimony to the appeal of the race. Hence, again, why a good reason not to just run an event, as Ian mentioned earlier on, you want people to experience that full-blown West Highland Way race experience. So, um, yeah, so it's a good idea, I think. And that brings us back to the virtual bit. However, I must go back a wee bit. You've mentioned the name Dario a couple of times and given a wee bit of insight there to the character that he was. But do you want to say a wee bit more about Dario, Ian? I only heard about Dario. There's a post for him at the top of Loch Lomond, isn't there? Yes, um, yeah. Put there in yeah. memory of Dario. Do you want to say a wee bit about Dario? Yeah, D- Dario was a was a very close friend of mine, and and uh, for, from about two thousand and six, I, I stayed just a few miles up the road, and uh, he he lived in Blackford, and I, I got to know him even better. But Dario was he just loved the race. He loved the West Island way, and he took it from where it was at the time to, to being just a, a massive event. He really changed the whole way everybody everybody looked at it. And he was a, he was a fantastic character. He'd run it himself a couple of times. Uh, he always enjoyed it. He was a, a I mean one one of my one of my memories I look back on is great fun. Nostario died in July two thousand and nine, just after the two thousand and nine race. And uh, I'm getting quite emotional actually talking about and and uh, that year, we we had we had had a run. We used to do this traditional thing when I was running that we agreed to about three weeks before the race. We just a crowd of us would meet up on the Friday night at Mogai Car Park, and we'd arrange to leave cars at Palmaha. We met about eleven o'clock, and it was we ran in the dark over to Palmaha. And we finished about three in the morning. We drove home, and Dario came along that night because it wasn't a speedy run. It was a and it was full of Richie Cunningham who. Went on to win that the race three times, and uh, so it was just a crowd having a good time, getting used to running in the dark, and, and actually kind of almost like a dress rehearsal for turning up at Mogai and setting off. We used to, but the day afterwards was was uh, the Scottish Cup final, just in two thousand and nine, when both your allegiances you won't necessarily remember, but it was Kilmarnock <laughs> reached the final that year, and Dario and I both were Kilmarnock supporters and, and had season tickets, so. That was probably my last time I'd spent with Dario at the Scottish Cup final in 2009. And it was quite poignant that the week he died, we were supposed to be going to Kilmarnock's European game that, that week. And uh, he, di- he died on the Sunday and it was supposed to be that week. So, yeah, just bundle of enthusiasm. Uh, 
time for everybody. The whole thing about the West Highland Way family and the West Highland Way culture, I think Dario really developed that and put that in place. And that's something that I think I've tried to continue and we've just tried to continue where it's a it's a place that everybody's welcome. It's there'll never be folk turned away because for, for any reason that anybody who wants to come and try and run 95 miles, as long as they've got the experience, is welcome to do that. Fab, thanks for that. And thank you very much for sharing that. Was that the Scottish Cup final when Kelly beat Falkirk? No, that was that was nineteen ninety seven. This was the two thousand nine. This was Rangers Rangers have won one nothing that day with a Falkirk ah, should have won, but uh <laughs> oh, well, see a vie, eh? Yeah, it happens. Listen, <laughs> we're gonna steer away from football because your man your man will yap all night if we just even inch that door open so we're not going to do that we're not going to do that uh, right, uh, let's double fast move away from that topic <laughs> Look, i got that the word double was in there very good very good <laughs> warner you yeah. i want actually i want to speak to you about running the west highland way because you mentioned in 2013 you ran it with a smile but mm-hmm. if anybody's watched the adventure show for 2016, I think that was your birthday that day as well. If memory serves me right, and there was TV cameras there for the BBC, and um, you were smiling that day as well. And I remember you coming in, and I hope I've got this right in my head. I really do. <laughs> my memory is you coming into the the ledger centre at Fort William, and I'm hoping it was Ian that was there. You put your arms around, around somebody's neck, you were finished, but as you were getting that cuddle, you actually looked over their shoulder and you stopped your watch. Do you know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say, get me the wine bottle. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was probably doing the same, the two at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, so if, if MD wants to go back and and watch that, I'm sure it's readily available to, to, to watch. But you know, that was a scorcher of a day, wasn't it? It, it was a warm day. It was really warm. Um, it, it, what I remember more about that day before it got warm was the midges. I think, I don't know whether there's been, oh, there's probably been lots of years where the midges are a lot worse, but there was a lot of midges. And um, yeah, I remember just hitting the lock side and thinking, what an idiot. I borrowed a pair of um, electrician goggles. My pal, pal is an electrician. I was like, I packed them. And then for some reason, I thought, oh, that just looks stupid. So I left them behind and I ran the whole lock side carrying Bracken. <laughs> Bracken in front of me. And I remember looking behind and seeing three runners behind me kind of going, oh, that's a good idea. And then having Bracken and like we're all running along the lock side, like waving Bracken because the midges were like just thick and fast. And when you look down, um, our arms and legs were just black with black with the midges. But yeah, then the next stage of the race was that it was a warm race. It was a hot, hot day. Yeah, um, and that that's a great. You know what? We've had people on here. I think you, if you've listened to the show, you'll know we we refer back to the West Highland Way quite a lot. Um, it's a place that we're both very passionate about. But people give tips up, but that's the first time somebody's mentioned waving bracken as a midget repellent. That's absolutely brilliant. Top tip. So, so far we've got singing and bracken <laughs> and getting wine at the end. <laughs> We're only 10 minutes in. We're doing great. We're doing well, great. 
I knew you'd bring a different dimension to this. <laughs> there, was, there was method in your invite. <laughs> and Ian, you started running the West Highland Way race. First, I look back at the records during our thorough research that we do. And your first attempt, your first run was in the year 2000. Is that correct? Well, that was my first finish because the records don't show the years you don't finish. And I, I tried in 1998 when I just was hopelessly ill-prepared. I just had uh, no idea. I mean, to the, to the point where people laugh now and they think about it, but I'd, I'd split my backup crew, What somebody coming up to Rowardene and another people meet me at the top of the loch. And I actually carried an extra pair of shoes from Rowardene and up Loch Lomondside <laughs> and this massive backpack which I don't think I've ever seen anybody even consider in all the time I've been involved. So, but I think in the positive side, I dropped out. I dropped out at Tyndrum that year. But I think I think I probably learned quite a lot, and I went back and completely re redid it. I supported somebody the next year and came back in two thousand and ran the, the first year. And I think if I'd done it that nineteen ninety eight year, I might have done twenty eight, twenty nine hours and thought that was me. That's where I was, but. I came back and because I'd trained so differently and had different aspirations, I, I came mm -hmm. back hoping to do a bit faster. And in 2000, I did 22.42 or something like that, I think, I think it was. So, Brilliant. Aye. Uh, and you know what? I know Lorna mentioned it as well. Is it a good idea to support somebody first to get an idea of what's involved? Because it is, it's a massive undertaking, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's I think it's a good idea to get involved in in any way that you can. I think I, I think we often see people who have done some of the long shifts of support marshalling. The longest is up at Lundavra. I just some people are up there. Like I've been shorter holidays and some people marshal up there. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. And uh and they've but they have a great time, but they start to really know what the race is all about and and I think they also maybe realise there's a lot of stages. You'll know yourself. It's it's there's a lot of bits. It's not fun. The fun the fun probably comes a day or so later when you you forget all the bad bits and you just remember the fact you've done it and is there. So I think it, I think the support is good for that. Where you have to realise you have to keep people going as as, as marshalling as well. I'm feeling very very much the odd man out here. Or sorry, the odd person out. Sorry, one. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I've I've not completed the West Highland Way, as we've said before on a, a few podcasts. So yeah, it's on my bucket list to do. Yeah. But you've got lots of time, Stephen. You've got plenty of time ahead for that mm -hmm. to rectify that. Oh yes, it will be it will be rectified. Hopefully, sh should I be successful and ever getting in and and stuff, it will be rectified. I'm sure of it. We'll be expecting that. A happy, happy, happy song coming down off a of conic hill, and you've uh, now got the tip of it the bracken as well. So, yeah. oh no, oh, and the wine. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're getting all the tips, all the tips. Yeah, I'll have no excuses though. Give me some excuses. I like an excuse. For, and goes to shit. I think, and no, just that's just part of what happens, man. Just got to suck it up. That's it. Um, I think too. We've mentioned there about volunteers and. Lorna's brought in the midges. The volunteers get the worst of the midges, don't they? Because they're even, I remember, I don't think it was the West Island Way, I think it was actually the fling. I was supporting you, Stephen. Coming down to Balmaha, that Balmaha car park, you think, it's not that bad this year. And then, 
boom, yeah. it kicks in. So volunteers, um, they probably get the worst of the midges. Would you agree? Yes, I think so. And it can, it can be quite patchy. I remember one year just hearing how bad Ben Glass Farm was. It was, it was terrible. And, and I'm sure it was. It was awful. And I, I try my way up the course to drop into each of the checkpoints just to see how it's going and see the teams. And we dropped into Ben Glass Farm and they seemed to disappear for about 10 minutes when we were there. <laughs> what are you all moaning about? There's hardly a midge about here. <laughs> but they, they were. They were terrible. And, and uh, you see people who have no idea in the support crew. I mean, I, I sometimes laugh. I, I think the worst is you see a, you, you see some... some I've, I've seen a number of ladies with like just sandals on and expo any any exposed flesh at all is just mm. gonna it's just Aye. gonna be attracted to midges are oh terrible. And and you kind of know looking about who's not done this before and you know the people <laughs> you know the people who have. But they do and the volunteers to stand out in that it's what a fantastic shift to do. And I think again it just makes the whole event what it is. It's people people do it because they want to do it. They want to be out and part of something. They, they yeah. get a lot from the volunteering, that's great. I, I think mm. I ran 95 miles one year just doing first aid at Glencore running away from the midges. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Lorna, you've you've got experience of doing the volunteering stuff and being at likes of Glencoe. And you, mm. you know when, well, anybody that's doing the race, if you're able to, notice how the volunteers are dressed because you're dressed a wee bit differently than the, the normal people <laughs> that are just there supporting. There's a whole thing that you probably learn through having been there and being exposed to the images, but it is a long shift. However, what keeps the volunteers so happy? Because they are. They're happy, they're encouraging, they're motivating runners to keep going. Oh, the runners, the runners coming in, there's, uh, you know, it's a mix of not knowing what you're going to see. So I think especially maybe coming into Glencoe where the runners are in 70 miles, you see a complete mix of um, states of affairs when you come in. So doing first aid at Glencoe, you're never sure what you're going to experience or going to see from the freshest of faces to folk like crawling in, crying for their mummy and stuff. And you're like, oh, my God. Um, but seeing the joy in folks' faces, seeing folk coming in and doing well at every stage of the race is just, you know, it's it's great. It's great to watch. And also kind of keeping an eye on, you know, you see the top runners coming in at Glencoe, but you don't stop watching them when they leave from your site. You kind of like keep clock watching. You're kind of thinking, all right, are they still in the lead? So you can kind of keep an eye on the track mm. as it goes along. So, but yeah, in general, I think just just the support that the runners and their supporters and seeing that, and it changes all the time. You know, a runner mm. comes in, they'll maybe spend 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes in the checkpoint, and then it's the next runner and their support that comes in. So it's just a bit, it's just, just, it's just all part of it and kind of being, experiencing people's journeys mm -hmm. can, I, can i just come in because I, I think i would just add to that lorna i think one of the things that's really nice with the support is a lot of the support get to know each other really well because they're they're at the same section if you're supporting a runner generally you're probably arriving at the same time as the other 20 people who are there so there's a real good camaraderie builds up amongst the support as well because Say they're focused on their own runner, but they're, they're also starting to see the same people and they're starting to see other people's runners. And it, I, I think that 
I've, I've always felt people people have said a number of times, oh, why do you still insist on support? It puts people off doing the race. And and I, I feel very strongly it's not just the safety aspect because we'd have to provide safety if we didn't have the support. But it's it's part of the race. We don't just have 250 people taking part. You've got 700 people, 750 by the time you include all the support folk and it just adds to the atmosphere, I think, of the whole thing. It's a all-encompassing experience and I know certainly I've got to be a wee bit I'm going to speak about myself for a wee bit but when I did the race in 2018 it wasn't just me Stephen was there he was my wingman last leg and brought me in but there was my family and my pals all got involved and it was everybody's focus whether they liked it or not they were doing it right that was it that was a gig and it was absolutely a phenomenal weekend. They got so much from it. They still speak about it. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that's something else that maybe we'll speak about later, but I'm going to mention it just now, just in case we didn't. But the the presentation ceremony is such, oh man, oh, what a, what a time that is. It's so brilliant. And again, that's when you see all the... I don't know if they're all there, but a lot of the volunteers go to the presentation ceremony as well. And it's a nice way everybody's together and it's just a big happy place. It's absolutely brilliant. So I'm getting emotional against you. Uh, yeah. You are getting emotional, John. <laughs> I, I think that I think you mentioned Lorna's Lorna's race in 2016. My my memory of that race, Lorna, and you and you finishing is actually your your mum and dad being there and the, the pride they had to see you come in such a such a great run. It was lovely. And I think it's just such a nice feel of the whole event and people coming in the whole way through the field. Yeah, yeah. and knowing, I think for me, run as a runner, knowing that my mum and dad were out there, it's kind of like that extra boost. Like, because they, they, I think it was 2013, I didn't know they were going to be there and then they decided to come up. But I think I was ahead of them. You know, they were like, like they were trying to drive, but I seemed to just be that, they were that bit behind. But just knowing that they were kind of like trying to to kind of catch up with me, kind of kept me going and, and uh-huh. seeing my dad. I remember coming to Kenlock leaving and seeing my dad in that particular race. And just that wee boost, that little boost of seeing folk that you that mean a lot to you to kind of keep you going and seeing the pride in their faces. So, yeah, that and support, like the support, your supporters are are always so happy and so encouraging. I remember like, you know, they want you to do as well as you want to do well. Yeah. And that all gets reflected back out at the award ceremony, as you say. And you're right. It's, I don't think there'll be anybody, hardly anyone at the award ceremony that, that doesn't have a tear in their eye. You know? Aye. Brilliant. Definitely. Aye. No, Aye. I, remember it, being I can see John's almost got a tear in his eye just now. <laughs> but That's just me in general. John and I both quite like a good greet during an ultra marathon. Do you know, it's all part of the, the journey, can you? <laughs> I don't know. It seems to come on sometimes out of nowhere. Just saying a good, a good great. <laughs> There's a good. Well, in, the, in the middle, in the middle. Oh, oh, ah, okay. <laughs> Just like a, a sort of self pity greet or whatever. Oh, that's right. Okay. We are here to speak about the virtual West Island various. I'm, I'm going to digress briefly back to last year, and we spoke about this recently, Stephen and I. Stephen and I both took part in the virtual West Island various last year. As Stephen mentioned, that's why we started this podcast. It gave us something to speak about and let other folk listen to us gibbering on about it. Yeah, so, right. 
I think that last, the last day, I went out that last day, I had about 19 and a half miles to go to finish it. My plan was to do it over two days, but I was out there and I thought, Ken, what? I'm just getting this done today. I kind of, were you doing 14 miles, Stephen? Yeah, I had something like 14 something, miles. Something like that. But Stephen was, he got this buzz for somewhere, right? And he was bombing somewhere, doing, probably doing hill, and he phoned me and I'm running up a hill. Right, and he was like, I'm in the last mile, it's brilliant, I'm nearly there. And I was like, I've got fucking eight miles to go. <laughs> so I, think, I think the emotion, there was an emotional exchange between us that day. And even although it was virtual, there was still that West Highland Way camaraderie. Yeah. yeah. And what, what I was wanting to speak about was, well, I, I actually have no idea what's involved with organising the West Highland Way race and the volunteers and logistics about getting people to places and even oh i can as you put your drop bags in the back of your van and you see them <laughs> later on right that's that's all i know but the good news is my drop bags have got smaller as i've progressed <laughs> through the years right um how what was the difference that it's a whole different thing isn't it organizing a virtual event so what was what was that like ian i think the biggest difference was in the setup We've got a pretty standard way now of organising the race. There's a lot of work goes into it, but we we all kind of know our roles. I I should write it down. I always say I should write down because we all just do things at certain times and we know what we do. So you go through a bit of a cycle. We have the break from the year before. We generally have a meeting where we catch up. What, What could we have done better? What do we need to remember to make sure that we've learned from? We head then towards the ballot. You have to set that up. But once you've done that a few years, that's pretty straightforward. You know, it's going to work. We do the whole thing. I mean, you were saying about the ballot earlier. It's goals. So there's a bit of a nice process how we do that. Somebody reviews the entries. We then sit down. We actually do a, we get one of the random number things. So the process just works through. And and I'm sitting thinking just now, it may, this would be the time that the final instructions would be set out and all be getting quite exciting. We'd be checking all the things. The virtual races in many ways, I think, it's a lot easier because you're just, the only bit we really have to worry about is the setup. We need to make sure the technology is working to let people do it. And we don't really have to worry about much more after that. Everything else takes care of itself. So you don't have marshals in the day. You don't have to pack goodie bags. You don't have to have your registration team all ready to go and so on. So, so yeah, it's there. I mean, I, I'll give a bit of a plug if I could. We, we're going to organise a it's not a replacement. It's to try and give the ultra run or something. But we're our, our plan is to do a race on the 11th of September, which we're going to call the Conic Canter 40, which will start in Mulgai. We'll head up the West Highland Way over Conic Hill. We'll come back the road to Milton the Buchanan, back up to the West Highland Way and back. And it's it's simple. It's straightforward. It's but it's an ultra marathon in a time when we haven't had too many real ultra marathons, and I'm actually finding that harder to organise because we don't we don't have the permissions. So you've got to start from the very beginning. But we've yeah. just about got everything now, so you've got to work out where's the start going to be, where's the finish going to be. Can we get everything rather than just the usual somebody going phone St Joseph's Church and the lady there and help out with it? So, so I think once you get into a routine, it's fine. Yeah, the template's a wee bit different. Yeah, it's a template. Yeah, that's um, that's exciting news. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Hopefully, I think it'll be quite good. It's a, it's a quite, challenging route. It'll maybe quite be good. Be yeah. amazing. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, it will. And 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 I, I again, we've we've got a meeting in a couple of weeks just to finalise. But I think our plan is to is to open the entries throughout the time that the race would have been open. So from one o'clock and the Saturday morning through to twelve o'clock, twelve noon on the Sunday, and then we'll do a ballot if if we have more. If we're oversubscribed, I think we're going to cap it about. 300 or something like that is to but it all fits all the covid stuff There's, we don't need to transport people backwards and forwards people can come themselves we're not on support there's limited checkpoints and yeah. you know, it, it ticks if things turn worse we're reasonably confident we could still run a race like that yeah. so so i am officially up to high though <laughs> I don't think we've ever had a world exclusive. We put you two in the cupboard until we put this podcast out before. Cheesy grin on them. Like, oh man, bro, I'm, 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 I'm looking at my outlook calendar. I've not been. I've not been back on like my tenth wedding. Okay, I've not been back on the West Highland Way. Since lockdown started, normally at least once or twice a year, I'm there. I'll either go Dentonwell Guy and go to Balamaha, or I'll drive up to Bridge of Orkney and go across Ran- eh, Rannoch Moor. I love I love Rannoch Moor, and generally I've had good weather up there. Eh? So, um, but yeah, this has probably been my longest time away from the West Island Way. Actually, I do like it. All symptoms, as you can see. Yeah. Aye, yeah. Oh, Ian's just dangled a carrot there. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So right. the, the conic forty canter. Did I get that right? The, the conic canter forty. Conic canter. We think 40. it. I, mean, I need to measure it. I think it's likely to be about end up about thirty-eight or something. It'll be. It'll be, but forty-ish is kind of. Aye. The conic canter forty-ish. Right. <laughs> anybody, anybody that's listening, this just. Calm yourself in, right? Because we're here to talk about the virtual West Island Way race, right? This is an added bonus content. This is a right, this is a right bonus that was, wasn't he? I haven't even got words. Right, anyway, calm down, John. Right. Okay. He's just, somebody's just turned up with six Murray's pies or something. <laughs> right. Excited. Virtual West Island Way race, it's a wee bit different. Mentioned that Stephen and I done it last year. It's a wee bit different even in the format from last year. Last year you had nine and a half days to do 95 miles. And then we were doing it local because restrictions were still in place at that time. There's a wee bit of variation, a wee bit of difference this year because the situation, we find ourselves in different. Do you want to speak a wee bit about what the sort of, I'm going to call it rules, but what the format is this year? Format, yeah. And people can still do it exactly the same as last year if they want. The, you have to cover 95 miles in the nine and a half days. So that bit hasn't changed. The main difference we've made, last year we put, we, we operated three checkpoints, as we called them. So you had you had to go through the three. It was roughly a third, a third, a third. It wasn't quite that, but it was kind of roughly that. This year, what we decided to do was, because we're a wee bit more open and people can do more running if they want, we've... We've just done the one checkpoint at Tyndrum and we've made it 53 miles by the end of day five and then 42 miles by the end of day nine and a half. So if people want, they can they could go out and do a Highland Fling route on day one. Uh, sorry, in the first weekend. 
and then could do the the devil of the highlands route on the next weekend if people choose to do that we're not encouraging folk to do the whole route uh, we're, we're trying to, to keep people away from that but uh, there's there's a bit more flexibility of what if people want to do by only putting one checkpoint and so mm. we'll see i think I, I think that last year was a i mean i think it was quite remarkable we when when the idea came up, it was very much Adrian who who drove it, and I was like, let's do it. But who knows whether it'll be good or bad or indifferent? And I think the camaraderie we got was brilliant. I I don't know if this year will be the same. I think there's more events starting to open up. People are maybe a bit tired of virtual races, but this is something a bit different. There's there's not pressure. It's a nice. It's challenging enough, I think, for people to try and do and maybe give them something. And I know, yeah. I know, for like my wife, or she's she's talking about maybe doing it as part of her training for something later in the year. So it maybe fits fairly well into people's training schedules as well. So I we'll think see. you hit you hit on something earlier. I'd say Ian, and it was around about feeling part of something. I think that is a big thing that people got out of last year and well again this year. You just feel part of something and. People were just craving to feel part of something just now. Yeah, yeah and for, I, I know for me last year, I probably didn't have um, the, I wasn't necessarily wanting to do the full 95 miles myself. So we became part of a team. And I think the team that I was in, we were different local authorities and we couldn't meet up together. So it was quite nice. Uh-huh. Well, like you were with someone or with part with other people, even though you were distant. So the team thing works as well and worked really well last year. Yeah, Aye, yes, together but apart. Aye, and people were needing likes of virtual races to appear and this, this creativity that that or innovation or whatever you want to call it that we were all forced into to, because they needed to get their. But they need to almost cling on to something mm-hmm. to still feel part of that community, to, to, to the, the running community and events like the Virtual West Island Way and others, you know, mm-hmm. served something really, really special. And I don't think that there's a chance that they, they can stay in some respect, you know, just to be provide this more inclusive feel. You know, it's somebody in Australia can run the Virtual West Island Way because yeah. it, They've got an affinity to it or whatever like that. I think there's there's wee opportunities to hold on to some of the things that went on during this most trying of times that, that could yeah. enhance I it like, further. I love the fact as well that there's a lot of people, the fact you have to run 95 miles, a lot of folk doubt themselves. And what I would say is you shouldn't, because you could. But a lot of folk would doubt themselves that they might not manage that. But the virtual event, opens that up for folk you know you can break it up and you can be part of it and we've spoken about um the ballot and how it is it is difficult to get in to the west island way race proper the actual race event but with this it's just a case of let's just do it i know stephen um stephen's and his wife do a, a run a run club in octarada and there was a load of them got involved with in there that we'd maybe some might have aspirations they probably all that took part have aspirations and they would come and do the, the real thing yeah. but they were part of that last year mm-hmm. and it was brilliant the it gave people a purpose i think as well at a time when everybody was really really wanting that last year so it's, yeah they were all wearing their t-shirts and you know, <laughs> promote, promote widening the reach 
Do you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost that. It's like making it more recognisable to people who would never have considered doing the, the full race just because it's, you know, the, the, the training commitment, the uh, everything's beyond them. But 95 miles in nine days. And yeah, and it's still part, a challenge. I think part it's still, of the gang. It still challenges people, doesn't it? And, and, yeah, and it was, I think we were really pleased with what came out. The camaraderie that came out of it was great. The raised a huge amount of money. We raised £23,000 for wow. Sam H, which was just fantastic. And that, that was that was great. I mean, I do laugh. I, I, you always get, I got a few emails about people querying, querying people's times and things. And it's like, I don't care. I just don't, we're not yeah. giving prizes. It's not like, this is just for a bit of fun. But I think yeah. that there's a, there's a few other things that we, that the race managed to do last year that, I suppose it's part of the social conscience of the race, if you call it that. I don't, you know, I don't, don't want to sound arsy with it, but SI entries have been great partners for us. They, they've done the timing, they've done the entries for a while. They were devastated by last year. They, every event was cancelled. They were putting a lot of work in mm-hmm. to pay back money. So to give them something through the entry process that was was income for them was yeah. a good thing to do. Scottish Athletics, we we permitted the race as a virtual race. Scottish Athletics events were devastated. I've obviously got an interest in that. But, uh, yeah, we, we felt that gave something back to the sport as well through the unattached levies too. So a lot of things that kept tried to help those who were really struggling at the time with it as well as the charitable thing. And I think I think that was good as well as the whole camaraderie side. Sorry, I'm just getting emotional. I'm getting emotional again. <laughs> I'm going to see you as well. Brilliant. Twenty grand for Sam H. Yeah, grand. no, it was incredible. But I, I enjoyed it. I I did it last year. As I, I I've I've not been running for about a year, but and uh, but last year I I realised I would have to walk it, and uh, trying to walk ninety five miles in nine and a half days is a tough gig because <laughs> you're you're going out and and I do remember there was. I mean, there were times I was like, oh, I'm a bit fed up with this because it takes double as long to walk compared to run. Cool. But we had a lovely night the night we finished off and we ended up going up to uh, Blackford Hill in Edinburgh and it was just stunning. It was sort of midnight and we looked down and we took our wee drink and looked in the city and it was just a nice way to finish. It was and it was kind of like the race you were out in the middle of the night that, and, and just seeing things. So I, I I really enjoyed it as well. I, I don't know if I'm going to push myself this year. I don't know if I can do it again, but... <laughs> See, I'd recommend it. I, I need to ask you both a question, and it's about uh, the West Highland Bay Trail. Ian, you've completed it eight times, yeah? Do you ever get the chance to run, or will you get the chance in the future to do the race again? I know you're a race director, so I think you'd probably be a bit busy if you were... <laughs> If you were, if the race was happening, but is, do you have an aspiration to do it again yourself? I, I probably thought I would, John. I, I, I've, I had over the last few months I've had heart issues where I've been kind of more or less told that I, I probably won't be able to run again, and, uh-huh. and uh, I'm, I, I can still walk and I'm under control, and I, I think I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to do that. But I think at the moment any running's kind of gone out my mind uh-huh. I, I may well walk, try and at some stage walk it again I, last summer when I couldn't run this was before that it was a different injury I walked around the Cataran Trail one night just drove up on a Friday night to Blairgowrie parked the car six o'clock and set off and 
21 and a half hours later, got back absolutely knackered. So I might, I might try and do something like that for a challenge. But yeah, I mean, I would, if I could, I would love to run it again. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's an ambition. I just love the fact I spent up to Blair Gowdy one Friday night and just did the car and <laughs> brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. My question for you, Lorna. Mm-hmm. Plenty of flings, plenty of West Highland ways. What about the devil? Uh, what about the devil? Um, do you know, there was one year, well, there's been a few years I was going to run the devil and for one reason or another I ended up not. And then the one year I was going to run it was the year of the CCC. And I was advised by Paul Giblin. I was being trained by Paul Giblin at the time. And Paul, I think, said to me, why would you run that race when it's pretty much a flat race when you've got all those mountains round about you and you're up there so his advice was to not run the race but then to get up into the hills the next day and that's what I did so I think I did about five or six Monroe's just in prep for the CCC in um, in France but um, yeah I, I maybe one day I'm, I'm, I'd wee hiatus from ultras I think I think I was thinking about this beforehand because I don't know who it was. It was one of the two of you a few podcasts ago, or maybe a few months ago, were talking about strength and conditioning. And oh, I'd be Stephen, how, wouldn't he, me? <laughs> and how difficult it is to to put in place. And and my I think my thing about long distance running is that if you don't do your strength and conditioning is that you're as much use as a kind of battery hen so you've got a really short sharp life and then after that you're useful for pretty much nothing and i think i was i've been quite lazy with the strength and conditioning stuff so that's as a result of that i've not really managed to take part in many long races since 2016 but I keep promising myself, do your strength and conditioning and then you can do the races you like. So hopefully one day in the future, I'll do the devil again. Uh And then I've got a wee secret. I was thinking about this again. I was thinking maybe I should make a pledge to do my strength and conditioning and get myself ready for the 2022 West Highland Way race again. (laughs) (laughs) But that's quite a big thing to say. I don't know whether it'll happen. Listen, I'll give you a 10-hour window to call me to edit that bit out if you want to change (laughs) your mind. Okay. We should also say, I think it was probably James Stewart that Stephen and him were talking about strength and conditioning and shoes, and I just switched off at that point. I don't know. But no, it's very important, and I think you, there is a massive benefits to it. Stephen, you speak yeah. about you speak about it because you're you're actively doing it. I speak about it because I'm guilty that I don't do it enough. Okay, so that's why I, I try and speak about it. So if my wife was listening to this, she'd be like that. You did strength and conditioning, you know? Why do you laugh? Because she does it. She's quite religious. Like, you know, I'm, I, what are you doing going out in the garage and sitting there for 45 minutes like I'll be like that that just sounds grim but I know in my head how important uh-huh. it is and it's like that twiggy moment penny drop moment that you, you speak about Warren. It's, 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 of course it's important I know it's important but why am I not doing it more? I don't, I don't get it either we brush our teeth every day we go out running every day you do the same things every day and you've got into a routine with them so surely it's just kind of stepping over that kind of thing right. from okay, making let's it make a pact. Let's make a pact. 
Uh-huh. I'll do. I'll make a pact if you make yep. a pact. We can be accountable to each other. Sorry, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you know what? I think in these days of social media, and James Stewart is a great one for social media, and James is a good advocate, great advocate of strength and conditioning. And you know what? You can actually physically see in the, the changes it's made for James and his race performances and his FKT and the running that he's doing. He's all part of that package it's helped him yeah john i would say i say that's where the fact i'm coaching rather than running is because i I would always advocate it for folk that i'm coaching Uh i never did very much myself it's the old (laughs) adage isn't it it's it's like yeah you know what you should be doing but uh definitely but i'm sure it worked that's why it's all the all the year like Paul Giblin and James and Debbie that are still they've been in it for the long run. They yeah. have and, and it's because they do what they're meant to do, isn't it? You know. They're also they're also though very good, I think, the three of them at they don't do junk races. They pick yeah. a couple of big races or maybe even one race a year, which they aim for. And I, I think that that's where if you look at the majority of folk, they kind of they think that nine ultras a year is five too too few, <laughs> rather than right. saying I could really do one well. And the, the folk at the top tend to focus on a race, build up to develop, and then deliver, and doing all the stuff like strength, strength and conditioning as well. But yeah. then on the flip side, there is the people who do, you know, fifteen ultras a year, and they just absolutely love doing them, yeah. and they're, mm-hmm. they're, yeah, and they're just in it for for to be part of that. Totally, Stephen. I I think. I think it's and people doing that's fine. The only the only bit I get a bit frustrated is when you hear them moaning about the fact they're getting slower. (laughs) (laughs) Getting injured. Yeah, yeah. Can I just on the West Highland Way race proper again? That's something I wanted to mention earlier on when I was speaking to uh, or asking Lorna about 2016. You finished the 2016 race, Lorna, in 1823. 33 which is an absolutely phenomenal performance now i know that the the men's times have come down and down and down and down right recently but i've always been amazed since it since the west highland Warriors came onto my radar of that time that lucy calhoun set i think lucy did it i think I've got it here, 17, 16, 20. Now, you doing 18, 23, 33, that is a phenomenal performance. But can you put into context what that was like for you and also thinking about how the hell did Lucy manage to do that time? Any thoughts on that? Um, I have no idea how Lucy managed such a great time, apart from she's just a natural-born superstar when it comes to running um she's she's just phenomenal i i i'm friends with lucy and um run with her now and again her she stays in peebles which is where my mom and dad stay so i'll catch up with her she always says oh do you want to go out for a, just a quick easy run and i say yeah yeah of course and then it's usually just before we start running i go god one of lucy's quick easy runs and realize that it's, you know i'm like I've, I've already got 50 miles from that week in my legs and she's going to be trotting out like miles ahead of me so it's, it's it i don't know it's it's it, it's it wouldn't have been easy for lucy i know that she did train hard at the time um and 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 that she put a lot of hard work into to running at that time. I don't know. For me, I suppose I don't know. I I I 
I was being trained by Paul Giblin at the time, so I think he had that to my advantage, just a bit tweaking and tailoring of the train, the, the running that I'd been doing. But on that particular day, I think I've often thought about this, and I think I was lucky on that day to be running about the same pace as a, another runner, um, Emilio Cosimo, who um, is a, I'd known Emilio for a few years. So we kind of ran together for nearly 60 miles and I'm pretty sure that he pulled me along that day. I, I felt quite lucky at the end of it. And I remember at Lundavra, Doogie Vipond was there and he was like, oh, Lorna, let's do a little bit of an interview. <laughs> With like seven miles to go, and I was like, oh, hi, Dougie, nice to see you again. <laughs> and I had to put that smile on for the camera. And at that point, Emilio shot off. He didn't wait for me. He'd waited for me, and I'd waited for him, and we kind of waited for each other along the way. At that point, he shot off. And I think he finished that last section about 15 minutes ahead of me, which made me only made me think, oh, God, did I hold him back the whole race? Because I was kind of... <laughs> like hanging on the back of him. So I don't really know what happened that day. It just that that day, it was just, again, I, I talked about 2013 being the best day of my life. Mm-hmm. I have to say 2016 was probably the second best day of my life. Um, I'm glad I don't have a wedding to compare any of this to. <laughs> <laughs> probably get divorced straight away. Um, but yeah, so... 2016 was definitely I was on about the high that day and I don't know whether it's just when you're in that role and you're kind of feeling good that you just keep going and it kind of bolsters you along so thank you very much for that because it is a phenomenal performance and I think when you were speaking there you reminded me of um Joe Murphy Stephen we had on was talking about running but I can't remember the, the guy's name Martin I think it was Martin she was running with, Martin Butcher she was running with. And it's like you draw on each other's energy. So maybe mm. you and Amelia were doing that as well. You know, he might not have performed as good as that if it hadn't been for you. So there you go. But I, said, I, think, but thank I, think, you took, I think he took half an hour off his time the next year without me. <laughs> That's because of all the lessons that you'd have learned. Exactly. Bracking <laughs> along the lock side and all that. There you go. Um. Right, listen, I know we are, I'm, I'm absolutely loving this. I could sit here and speak about the West Island Way till the cows come home, literally. I absolutely love it. But I want to go back and as someone, um, Ian mentioned about raising money for Sam H and there's a big charity part of the West Island Way race and that's the same this year. And it would be a miss of us not to bring into the conversation John Kiniston. Um, and I know that the the committee have decided to raise funds in John's memory for Play for Change. I would just like to say, and I'll, I'll give this over to you guys as well, to speak a wee bit about John. I'm actually, sorry, I'm getting a wee bit choked up even thinking about John Kiniston. I I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking about the West Highland Way race if it wasn't for John Kiniston, because when I started, um, it probably wasn't even Google. I'd be using someone like Alta Vista or something like that in a search engine when I started looking for West Island Way information. And the go-to place that I came across was John Kennison's website. That was my encyclopedia for running. Source. Exactly that, yeah. I was then lucky enough to meet the, meet the man a few times and he was nothing short of always humble, always encouraging, always inspirational. Actually, 
I've told the story before, but I'm going to very quickly tell it again. The day we walked to West Highland Way over about five days, and on the final day, it was West Highland Way race day. And we got to Landavra, and John and his wife, Katrina, were doing the marshal in there. And we got there, and Paul Giblin had just went past me about 10, 15 minutes beforehand. And by the time I reached John and Katrina, Robbie Britton was coming up. I was like, oh, this is really exciting, you know. Met John, and I said to John, I said, listen, there's no way on this earth would I manage to do I've just walked this over five days. And he says, well, Kim, what? He says, go for the fling first. There was never a case of, ah, you'll never manage it. It was almost like set yourself another goal, you know. So, um, yeah, John was inspirational for me. And I think, too, um, Stephen and I probably learned a lot for John doing his podcasts with us doing this as well. So got that yeah. to thank him for as well. However, you would both have known John and have been in his company a lot more than us. Would you like to say a few words both about John and also about the raising some money for Play for Change? Do you want, do you want me to, to start? Yeah. I, John John was first and foremost a good friend. I, I met, met him first of all in 2006. He'd, he'd seen a blog post I had about the West Island Way and he'd, he decided he was going to do it in 2007 for the first time. And I still remember we met. It was a, it was a really wet day. I think we were supposed to meet at Rower Denon, but we couldn't get up the road because it was so flooded. And instead we changed plans and met in Drimmon and just did a 20 mile sort of out, back, out, back kind of thing. And I've known John ever since then. Uh, he was lovely guy. Everything you've said, John, correct. There wasn't a bad side, bad bone at all. Uh, he was very competitive. He loved his racing. We had some great challenges in these early years before he got too fast. I think one of the things to me that John maybe slightly underrated was his performances. I think when I look at all the people I've seen who have run the West Highland Way, I look at John and I think there's someone who delivered close to 100% of his potential. He beat 20 hours twice. And he absolutely trained perfectly for it. He squeezed everything out of that to get there. And it was just inspirational, actually. If anybody comes to me even now and says, I'm thinking about 20 hours, I direct them to John's blogs and say, that's how you do a sub-20, because he squeezed everything. It was it was brilliant to see. Uh, at a personal level, John married Sandra and me in 2015. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought I, I thought uh, 2020 was as bad as it would get, but 2021 has just started dreadfully with John's passing far too young. And uh, but but I think it it was nice. It was nice for the family to see the respect he was held in across the whole running community and much wider than just in Scotland. He'd, he was known in races like the Hardmoors. He was known at Lakeland. He was known in a number. From the West Highland Way perspective, he was great to work with. I always enjoyed working with John. He was someone who I could send an email saying, John, could you update the website for this? An hour later, it was done. If he wasn't sure, he came back. He was just a pleasure to work with. And it was, it was also good. The podcast he ran with and did. So, yeah, I miss him hugely. We saw Katrina yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Nice walk with her. She'd obviously find that hard, as, as, as she would. But I think she the memory of all the great stuff John did. 
That's lovely, and thank you very much for sharing that. Thank you. Lorna? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't have as much kind of personal um, kind of friendship experience as Ian does with John, but he certainly has touched my life probably from the start of my ultra running life up until up until Boxing Day. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm staying in Paisley right now um, and John and Katrina stayed just around the corner. And I think it was Boxing Day, um, my partner Gavin and I were out in like the heaviest rain and it was we, we've talked about this we we decided but there was a corner we, we, there's a corner that we could have taken that would have made it shorter or run shorter or would have made it longer and i went oh come on we're soaking now like there's stair rods of rain coming down and we took this we decided to take the longer route and we we're about 100 meters along there and this car drove up window went down and it was john peeking out with a massive smile on his face saying I knew if I was going to see any two runners out, it'd be the two of you. And it was just how he always is. And, you know, it was it was, it was was lovely. We had a bit of a chat in the rain about Christmas. And I think him and Katrina had popped up to, to Inverness to see the family. And they were going off to visit one of their other children. And, you know, just I think what you, what you always got with John is that kind of family feeling. Yeah. And certainly even on Boxing Day, the last time we saw him, that was... The feeling that we got it was it, it was nice and hadn't realized that it would be the last time that we saw him but it was but um yeah over the years i think i don't know it's a funny thing johnny's just quietly there was quietly there all the time and it was such a kind of like smooth steady kind of force of a man that you know he didn't need to didn't need to get kind of like come on you can do this he would just say it in a kind of like yeah you can do this kind of way and that was that was kind of the the vibe that he gave out and um always encouraging always with a smile and um yeah in fact I was uh, another thing that came from his kind of passing was I was running up the Glenifer Braes in Paisley and there's this absolute bugger of a Strava segment that I keep getting the crown on and you think that's great, but then it's, I realised that I'm the only female that ever does the crown, that, that does that segment. <laughs> so it like, looks good on Strava, but in reality, it's actually just... I remember saying to John, do you know this segment? It's horrible. And he was like, ha, 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 yeah, that's one of mine. And it was just a <laughs> sneaky segment. It takes like, like a 35-minute segment on Strava. But he's, you know, he's always twiddling with technology and just kind of... He loved all that kind of stuff. So yeah, he's he's going to leave a, um, he's got well lots of memories for a lot of folk. But I think I think the thing about John is, despite the fact that he's passed, is you always remember him with a, a kind of massive smile on your face. You know. So, yeah. Brilliant. No thanks for that, Orna. Stephen, you were saying with John. I, I've spoken about why. No, I, I, I didn't meet John a lot, I didn't have the pleasure to meet him a lot, but he did touch a, a, quite a few of the things that I'd done. In terms of what we were able to glean from his podcast and his blogs and stuff like that, which is still there, like Ian said, you know, go and direct yourself to, to that if you're mm. looking for some tips. Um, one of the things that I read once on John's, one of John's blog was about running up hills, and um, it was, you know, the 10 breath strategy. So run for 10 breath walk for 10 breaths um, and I do that I do that all the time and every time I do that I think of John 
you know what I mean? So that's something really um, small that, that 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 works for me in my psychology, and I, I got it through through there. So yeah, there's just a, a, a another little insight into the influence that that John's still having. Mm-hmm. I think we should we can link into John's website, and the I, I would I think I've said that a couple of times. Anybody that's thinking about doing the West Island Way race, um, when it's back and all its glory. John's podcasts are a fantastic resource to to listen to. So yeah. um, even the ones where I'm going to get the guy's name wrong, is it Andy Cole? Yes. Andy, it was called, I think it was called The Tourist One. I think I listened to them. There's three episodes, I think. I think I listened to them about 10 times each. They're absolutely brilliant. Just two guys having a great crack. Um, John and Andy, absolutely brilliant. Um, you get a lot of people who are West Island Way fanboys, don't you? Do you know that's just that? Oh, this, this, this guy here's the epitome of it. Look at him sitting there. If there, like, if there was a sticker, if there was a car sticker called West Island Way fanboy, I'd have it. <laughs> I would have it. But you know There's what? A good, a good merch opportunity there. We've spoken tonight about two, and I'm going to call them absolute legends of the West Highland Way. We've spoken about Dario and we've spoken about John Kiniston and you know what, they both for me, typify what the West Highland Way race is all about and what the ultra running community is all about. So um, what a great legacy they have. They've, they've left for the rest of us to enjoy. You know, so. We do. Stephen, you, you mentioned the fact that people are fans and I, and I absolutely love that. I can remember throughout the 2000s when I was running the race every year how it just dominated my life, how much it meant to me and uh, how how excited I was by running, how much I enjoyed it. And I, I love seeing so many people come through who have got the same feelings. Passion. I've still got the same feelings about the event, but it's a bit different when you're not running it. There's nothing there's nothing to beat running it. I've often felt that at the end of a the end of a, a Sunday afternoon after we've had a successful race. I think when when I'd run it, it was a just a great best feeling ever as Lorna said I think now there's a sense of relief, a sense of job well done but there's not that same euphoria so to see people come through who have the same kind of enthusiasm as Dario had, as I had stroke hopefully have, is just brilliant to me, it just it says so much about the community Yeah. Where are we on our list, John? I'm not caring about the list man I'm just having having the time of my life I'm absolutely (laughs) loving it Usually by about 29 John starting to think about his toast and cheese No, I'll tell you man (laughs) Honestly this is absolutely brilliant I think what we maybe should think about and use this opportunity is to let people know how they can take part in the virtual West Island Mary's because hopefully what we're doing if folk are listening into this um, it's whetted their appetite. How do they get involved? So, first of all, let's talk about this. You mentioned SI entries, Ian. That's the place to go, isn't it? That's the place to go, yeah. And there's three different options you can do. You can either enter as a solo, where you run the 95 miles in the nine and a half days yourself, mm-hmm. or there's a bit more of a structured team, a team of three, where you divide it up into any way you want. So if it, it can be a third, a third, a third, or it can be somebody does the majority and two other people help out. Or we've got a kind of almost like a fun run version where you can put as many in as you want. And this is to try and encourage maybe some of the youngsters and families. So if you've got 12 people who want to do a wee bit yourself, you're very welcome. Just enter and take part and do that. So the entry, the entries are the same. It's on SI, SI entries under West, West Island Way Race. You should, 
you'd find that there. But the more the more the merrier. And we, we'd love people to get involved and hopefully get a bit of a flavour of what it's all about. Yeah, and it's only a fiver to enter, isn't it? Yeah, fiver plus the two pound levy if you're unattached. So that's yeah. what it is. But we're we're raising funds, as you mentioned earlier, for for mm-hmm. play for change. And and the reason we we asked we asked Katrina Kiniston if there was a charity that she thought she and the girls would like to support. And uh, she said something that supported children, was involved in sport. Play for Change does all that. It also recognises the international dimension, which John worked for a while. as He did missionary work out in the Far East. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of his daughters stays out in the Far East. So we just felt the charity ticked every box in terms of trying to remember John. So we mm-hmm. were we were delighted to be able to say make this our, our charity of choice. Cool. So there's a chance to donate. There's a chance to donate when you enter, or we've also got a just giving site as well if people would rather do it, do it yeah. that. Way. And we'll we can add the links up on the yeah. show notes and yeah. on our yeah. own social media channels as well. So um, yeah, get involved. It's what I was saying, special. what I'm going to do, you can pay your fiver to enter or seven quid if you're unattached to the uh, Scottish Athletics. But can we do double that double that up? Go in and put some money into the just given as well. Let's raise a few bob in memory of John and all that he's given us, the pleasure he's given us. So let's give a wee bit back. So a couple of cups of coffee, a fiver. Get it in, you know. Um, should also say we've only said Adrian once in the whole podcast. I think it was only about thirty-five minutes in. Ian mentioned Adrian's thought. Another guy who um, is a phenomenal person in Scottish running, and he's also a big player in the West Highland Bay race as well, isn't he, Adrian? So, um, yes, absolutely. I mean, Adrian, Adrian's a, a real stalwart of the race. He's of of the committee. He's been in involved with the race the longest he's been involved going back to the 1980s when he ran it as well he loves the race it's great to see i'm very friendly with adrian and it's great to see the enthusiasm he still has but adrian he's got such a wide reach and he knows just about everybody i think in scotland who runs through through the shop and through the involvement and the number of people that got along to ask adrian for advice about it's great so adrian gets involved specifically in the merchandising and so on. He kind of runs that side of the whole thing, but his input to the general race is just fantastic. And he still, it wasn't that long ago Adrian ran it. I knew he he had, he fell after about 30 miles. And again, it just says so much about Adrian that the determination to keep going and he, he finished, he finished in a time that was something like 12 hours slower than his best, but he still finished and he still toughed Mm. it out. I just think, that says so much about so much definitely. about the character. Definitely. I th- we, we should stop this now. I'm more than happy for you guys to come back. But honestly, I would keep you here all night. Definitely Aye, do that. Be mindful of that. Aye. Have you here. have you had an opportunity to think about a dialect word? <laughs> oh yes, a dialect dictionary entry. Who, who wants Warner, to go first? Do you want to go first? That's well, I well, I've forgotten about that already. I haven't had time to think about it. <sighs> you thought one, Ian? Yeah, well, do you know, my only dialect was, I can remember back to primary school when I, I won a Burns competition for the thing about the... And so my word is skelf. It was... Oh. It was uh, you've hurt your finger, Pierre wee man. You're pinky, dearie me. 
you just you hold it that way and I'll get my specs and see. See? That was a bit of stealth the finger. So Brilliant. does that work? Does that count? Hundred percent. Ah, yeah, is that like a, uh, a I can't beat that yeah. at all. I mean, a splinter, a splinter in your face. I've always, always wondered about a scale. Is that an SK? SK. Yeah. I'd say SK. Yeah. SK. Okay. Scale for people's Lorna. From people's. Am I allowed to get back to you on that? Absolutely. Yes, of course you can. Of course you, you can. can. I, I wasn't. I'm from outside people's, so um, the, the, we didn't get allowed to use their cocosms. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get pulled up if you use their words. Okay. It's posh. <laughs> well, listen, Stephen, are we done? Have we got any more questions yeah. that we need to ask? I think we've taken up a lot of Oh, oh, I think the main thing was around about one, letting people know to get involved in West Highland Way and just spreading the word about what is just a you know iconic, majestic route on our doorstep that you know we've, we've got the the race on. But it's there, <laughs> it's there year round. What's the best time of year for no midges? I I think May is the month to be on the West Highland Way because I'm not quite out yet and. Uh, Okay, and and you often get good weather. This may seems to have been the exception to that, but <laughs> yes. it may seems to be good. But may, can right. I can I just can I just say, Stephen, yeah. John, about the, the the race that we've got the virtual race coming up. But what we hope to do is to open entries again for the twenty twenty two days, and it will be the same process. They'll be open throughout November, and right. uh, what what we're going to do is. <laughs> We we recognise there's not been many qualifying races. Normally we say you've got to run a a 65k off-road tra or trail ultra within the last three years. We're going to extend that to five years this time. Okay. Partly because it's it's really just it's just to check that people know what they're doing. So five years should be okay, and it means nobody should be prejudiced by the fact they've not been able to run all the COVID restrictions or so on. So well, we can go back to the five years for there, but we hope folk will enter and we hope we'll be back next year with a with a proper race and everybody, proper prize given, a proper start and all the things that we've missed out. That's going to give us so much good podcast content. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And you know what? I can just imagine actually I can imagine a number of people that I know will be jumping about with joy at you, what you've just said about five the five year thing. Because you know there's a lot of people who they'll prepare for the West Highland Way race over the course of two or three years, you know. So that's that's absolutely brilliant news. And Kelma, if I've not listened to the day. end, I've missed it. Lord, are you sitting doing strength and conditioning just now? Can I see? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. One thing I wanted to say before I left, and we often come across this races where I've shared the start line with people who are coming on as guests. So my first ultra was Jedbra in 2015. I wasn't. Yeah, I think you had a no bad day out that day. Um, right. Yes. So I think you, you won the the event. <laughs> You shared it with me as well, Stephen, but you maybe what didn't you know. That day too? I was a squirrel doing the YMCA <laughs> dance at the start. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it. I was, I was that person. <laughs> Brilliant. John, you're the odd one out now, get to. <laughs> so, no, I just... Oh, that, that, bro, that, I can't that, top it, that, man. That's a memory, a 
my first out and I remember. Is that your first one? That was my that was my first. That was my cherry pop. It's a, it's a good wee ultra, isn't it? It's a lovely wee ultra. It's fantastic. It was a fantastic first choice, so to speak. My okay. first hike was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that way next? I well, November. Fingers at the ready. <laughs> awesome. Right, listen, thank you both very much for your time. It's been very much appreciated. As I say, we could go on a long, long time. And you know what? Maybe when we start talking about the conic canter, maybe when we the the West Highland Way race and as you get closer to um, entries opening up and we can tell people all about the process, it'd be awesome if you would come back on. But I would just like to say a heartfelt thank you to you both for coming on tonight. So thank you. Thank you both very much. Thanks yeah, a lot. That was great. Thank you both for your, for your time. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So, so thank, you. Thank, you. thank you. I better go and get signed up. Thank you.